This is the weekly sales meeting for September 17th, 2023. My name is Chris Fleming. You can reach me at chris at cdmediaconsulting.com or go to our website at cdmediaconsulting.com. Today's topic is the authenticity contract. In construction, the strongest shape is the triangle. It is the one preferred by architects and designers. The triangle is superior because of its ability to hold its shape and support weight. Some of the world's greatest architectural wonders have stood the test of time due to their use of triangular design. The Eiffel Tower and the pyramids of Egypt come to mind. In the world of sales, we have several triangles. We have explored the failure triangle. It is a way to present worst-case scenarios and avoid pitfalls. On the opposite spectrum, there is the triangle of long-term success. This one has a different three-sided matrix. It has your company on one side, you, the salesperson, on another, and the third represents the customer. All three need to be in alignment. That is, if there is going to be a long-term successful business relationship. When these are out of balance or alignment is what leads to a disconnect. When the company's needs or the salesperson's needs are placed ahead of the customer's needs, there is sure to be friction. When the customer wins but the seller and or the company loses, it is not a recipe for a solid long-term relationship. We should be seeking a balance, one where all parties are supporting each other. Think of each side of this triangle as an ecosystem of genuine alignment, one where each party's needs are supported by the other, much like a triangle. When this is out of balance, it is often on the side of the company or the seller. We place our needs or our company's needs ahead of helping the customer grow. It becomes more about money than it does about customer success. It gives rise to the stereotypes associated with the selling profession. The triangle is unbalanced. It is true there is a stereotype associated with the art of selling. That stereotype is not kind to actual sellers like you and me. It is one that is personified, glorified, and vilified on television, in books, and in movies. Almost everyone has an experience with this fast-talking, smooth operator. Almost everyone has had an experience with someone selling a used car. And it may or may not have included offering to throw in the floor mats and a car wash. It is the opposite of authentic. In some cases, it manifests itself in the untrue. The seller is portrayed as a money-hungry manipulator who will say anything or do anything to get you to commit, and they know full well that none of what they are promising is even possible. This person is only chasing the idea of separating you from your wallet. They are putting the needs of themselves or their company above the customer. Perhaps it is because they believe there is an endless supply of them available. In the modern sales world of consultative selling, you read more and more about this idea of authenticity. It is a 180-degree separation from the expectation. That is, a separation from the mass-portrayed stereotype assigned to the sales profession. It is because of this stereotype that we are even discussing authenticity. It is to counteract most people's perception of sales, as if sales is a bad word. Without sales, nothing would happen. Outside of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, everything else needs to be sold. Selling doesn't have to be disingenuous, as long as we are matching the needs of the customer with the product we represent. In most sales transactions, especially in the retail world, the match is declared up front. If you are in the market for an automobile and you go to a car dealership, your intentions are quite clear. If you are searching for a house and you call a real estate agent, you have announced your aim. When the product is more abstract, like say mass media advertising, the need is almost never announced or declared. Part of that is fear. 
fear on the side of buyers that they will end up buying something. And they will buy from someone that doesn't have their best interest at heart. Someone who will sell them something to make a sale regardless of whether it is good for them. And if you are selling mass media in today's world, I can guarantee that we have all done it at one point. We were given the package of the week by our manager and were told we need to sell 10 of these by week's end. At that point, the who and the why didn't matter as much as the how many. It was about the company's need, not the customer's results. This act in itself is what gives media sellers a bad name. It causes people to mistrust us as we play into the stereotype laid out in polite society. If we sell only what is good for ourselves and not for our customers, that is disingenuous. If we sell only what is good for our company and not our customers, that is inauthentic. If we throw the needs of the company and the seller away only to appeal to the client's need, that is also inauthentic. The only way that a true consultative partnership works is if all three components of the business triangle are satisfied. This means the company wins, the salesperson, and the customer. This balance is achieved through transparency and authenticity. Being a true consultative partner means putting all the cards on the table. It requires that we allow ourselves the ability to fail. We stretch our imagination and step outside our proverbial comfort zone. We live in an area of truth, and we do so to help our customers achieve their goals. And if we are incapable of facilitating that with our current product offering, be honest. Tell them the truth about what you can do and what you cannot do. I am sure there are some station owners and upper management types that will disagree with me, and I'm fine with that. But part of being authentic comes with being honest. People buy into that. You will move up in the customer's view by acting this way. It is what people want from their advisors. They expect their sellers not to act this way, based on the stereotypes we outlined earlier. Our goal should include moving into that senior advisory role, taking a leadership role for our business customers, getting out of the transactional conversation, getting into the strategic discussion about what works, what works best, and why. In researching material for this, I found an article on how to develop authenticity. That in itself would not be authentic. If you have to develop it, what exactly are we developing? Our own genuine personality? Operating in a world of authenticity means being true to oneself. Why would one need to develop that? It is about operating in a world of honesty. It is saying, here is what I can do, and here is what I cannot do. These are the areas we excel in. These are the areas where we do not lay out the facts as they exist. Unfortunately, there are sellers that give the profession a bad name. These are the ones who will say anything to get the sale with wanton disregard for the day after. Howard Peter Goober is an American business executive. He has his hands in books, movies, television, and sports franchises. He is the CEO of Mandalay Entertainment. Peter claims truth is a point of view, but authenticity can't be faked. Not sure I agree with truth being a point of view, as truth is related to fact, but I agree that authenticity is like integrity, doing the same whether anyone is looking or not. A better explanation comes from Adam Grant. Adam is a professor at Wharton and an organizational psychologist. He's a best-selling author. He explores the science of motivation, generosity, original thinking, and rethinking. He is recognized as one of the world's 10 most influential management thinkers. Mr. Grant says authenticity means erasing the gap between what you firmly believe inside and what you reveal to the outside world. His insight claims that we have to be open to vulnerability. It means taking a stand and revealing our true feelings. Once you take 
take a stand, others will come and pick you apart. After all, it is easier for the masses to sit on the sidelines and throw barbs at anyone who dares take a stand than stand for anything themselves. It often means you will be on your own for a while, standing with your opinion in the wake of the masses who are headed in the opposite direction. I am okay with that. When you present your authentic self to your customers and prospects, your job gets easier. Let me repeat that. Your job gets easier. It is not about pleasing everyone. It is about a true representation of what is possible and what you can do for your customers, and that never changes. Once you learn it, you can stand by it. Your words and deeds are in concert. You are a step closer to being considered trustworthy. There are some key characteristics of authenticity. They are honesty, self-awareness, consistency, vulnerability, empathy, and courage. Start with honesty. Only present the real you, flaws and all. Don't pretend to be someone or something you are not. Know your own strengths and weaknesses. Express them without fear. Be consistent. Your actions and your words must be in concert. Sharing one's true self opens you to outside criticism. This idea of vulnerability makes you more likable. Authenticity requires empathy, and that is the ability to see things from someone else's point of view. Finally, courage makes you open to what is new and what is possible. These basic characteristics make you the most authentic you possible. The opposite is also true. Those who are inauthentic are disingenuous. Their behavior has many tells. One is inconsistency. Their words are one thing, but their actions are another. These people are often insincere. Even their politeness seems forced. This is someone who is vague or evasive when asked direct questions. A disingenuous person may only be interested in furthering their own agenda. They may even revert to tactics such as gaslighting or playing the victim to get their way. They lack genuine concern for others. They think only of themselves, first, second, and third. One of their obvious tells is body language. A disingenuous person may use fake smiles. They avoid eye contact. Often they are disingenuous engaged in the conversation taking place right in front of them. Spotting disingenuous behavior requires paying attention to both verbal and nonverbal clues. Trust your instincts when something doesn't feel quite right. This leads us to the idea of the authenticity contract. Consider having this discussion with your customers and prospects. An authenticity contract is a type of agreement. It outlines expectations and guidelines for communication and behavior. While it may not be legally binding, it can serve as a powerful tool for promoting honesty, trust, and two-way communication. Make an agreement to be transparent. Commit to understanding each party's point of view. Respect the other person. Commit to active listening and empathetic understanding pledge to communicate in a direct and respectful manner. Make it an exclusive confidential agreement between the parties. An authenticity contract can be useful to establish trust and mutual respect. It can encourage participants to be more open, direct, and honest with each other. And it will be almost unheard of and you set yourself apart. Maybe it sounds something like this. Mr. or Mrs. Advertiser, can we admit that most sales conversations start out as adversarial? And I would like to put an end to that. From my side, I will give you a transparent and honest look at what I see and how my products can help you. If they cannot, I will leave. 
I only want to sell you if there is a fit and a direct benefit to you. A real win in our time together is helping you solve a problem and you feeling good about the agreement. And then you see the results of our efforts. To reach that conclusion, I will need you to tell me some things you might not tell the average person. In turn, I will share with you some of our inner workings and we can agree that it will stay between us. It will be our own version of attorney-client privilege. When I do bring you something that makes sense, trust that it will be beneficial to both parties. We will rely on triangle construction to make our business work. And when I do have something for you, it will be a long-term solution. I want you to do this for the rest of your natural-born life. If it should ever stop being effective, I would expect you to fire me. Based on that, do we agree we can work together? That conversation will take practice. It will take rewriting and internalizing that conversation so it sounds like you and not me. You will need to find your voice. You will need to do this by finding yourself. Find your true calling. Find your true understanding of your consultative role and how helping your customers succeed also helps your company succeed. And all of that will lead to your success. But no party comes first or last. They are all balanced by the triangle. By entering into the authenticity contract, you bind yourself to this balance. And this balance is the key to finding more consistent clients and developing more long-term can't-miss business. This is not a popular path. It is easy to go with the flow and do what everyone else is doing. Authenticity requires a path outside the norm, one where there may be danger lurking around the corner. It is a harder road, but one that leads to more consistent, measurable performance. And it starts with the authenticity contract. My new book, 52 Weekly Sales Meetings, is now available on Amazon.com. If you like what you have heard here today, please consider ordering a copy or two. You can always send one to a friend. Go to cdmediaconsulting.com right now and follow the instructions to order.